Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Awesome. All right, guys, so uh, we're going to continue our series on Ephesians. We don't have much time, so I'm going to power through this, but it's going to be the 15 minutes of power. Normally, it's a half an hour of power, but it doesn't, that doesn't quite run. Anyway, so, um, so we're going to run through it. Uh, I'm not going to touch on every uh, verse, but can I just encourage you, please go home and read Ephesians. Um, like, I mean, we're happy. Obviously, we have it up on the screen behind us. Um, but there is something incredible that happens when you get into the Word of God. And can I just encourage you, please go home and read Ephesians. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so for those of you taking notes, everybody knows that when you get to heaven, if you have your notes with you, it's like a fast pass. Um, so for those of you taking notes, uh, the title of this message is Saints, Sacrifice, and Songs. Saints, Sacrifice, and Songs. All right, let's pray. God, help me get out of the way so that you can do what only you can do. Amen. Brilliant. There you go. If you ever want someone to say grace, I'm the person. It's quick and the food's still hot. All right. So so today we're reading from Ephesians 5, uh, and we're going to start off in verse with verse 1 to 3. So it goes like this. It'll be on the screen behind me too, uh, if for those of you playing along at home. Uh, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as it is proper among saints. So my first question for you is this. We just read in verse 3 there, who are the saints? So who are the saints? When we're talking about the saints here, who are the saints? Uh, so reading this passage, and now, now please don't get me wrong, I'm not here to offend anybody, but this may mess with some people's theology here. Spoiler alert, we are the saints. You are the saints Now, I know what you're thinking, like, Chris, hang on a second, saints are like Mother Teresa and uh, St. Christopher, the patron saint of travel, and all, yes, you are correct, and they're the people that lay down their lives for the call of God on their life. But can I also encourage you, uh, that's exactly what Jesus has commissioned us to do. If we read Matthew chapter 28, and this is 16 to 20, it says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a call to action. That sounds like a purpose on our life, to lay down our lives, to make disciples of all nations. Uh, I, the last time I checked, we haven't got disciples of all nations yet. So uh, there's still work to be done, believe it or not. We are saints. And, and please, now I'm going to give you a little bit of scripture. I'm not going to read them, but you can go and check these out. It 
calls us saints and God talks to us about being saints throughout the whole New Testament. Acts 9, Acts 26, Romans 1, Romans 8, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. This isn't even all of the scripture. I could go on and name more scriptures, but for the sake of time, I encourage you, go and read. We are the saints. When the saints go marching in, that's us. Point one is this, we are the saints. My second question uh, when reading this is, okay, well, if we're the saints, how are saints meant to act? So my first, my first little practical thing is this, we're meant to mimic God. We're meant to mimic the ways of God. Just like we had all of our kids down the front here or up on stage here, they were mimicking what the actions were doing. It's funny to me and also a little bit scary talking to uh, Jackie about this. Um, I worry what my kids are going to mimic about me because if, <laughs> if we're really honest, there's probably a few things we look at and we go, yep, definitely got that from his mother. <laughs> Or definitely got that from his father. Um, and I mean, we had some amazing kids leaders at the front here doing actions because that's what they were mimicking. They were looking for direction. When we are looking at God's word and when we're spending time with our heavenly father, we should be mimicking what his word is saying. The second one is they flee from the ways of the world. So verse 3 to 4 says this, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness uh, must not ever be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. So that means no your mama jokes, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Then we jump down to verse 8 and 9, and it goes like this. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the world or to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may, be, uh, may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. Saints walk in wisdom. How do we walk in wisdom? Uh, verse 15 says this, Look carefully then how you walk. Walk at, uh, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of your time. Time is valuable. Very, very valuable. It's the one thing you will never get back. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we find out what the will of the Lord is? That's when, that's when we get into his word. That's when we surround ourselves with other believers that are also in his word. That's when we're praying and spending time with God and we start to mimic what God does. People say that you've got to do what the heart desires. You've got to, you've got to live from the heart. Can I encourage you, if your heart is full with, with the spirit of God, that's going to transform what's happening on the inside and the heart's going to speak and lead you in ways that only God would lead you. That's where transformation starts, in the heart. Walking in wisdom, 
looks like getting into your word every day. It's taking off the old clothes like Rach preached about last week and putting on that new robe. It's that beautiful custom suit that for some people back in the 90s, it would have been like pinstriped and flared collars or pants or whatever that suit looks like for you. It's a custom made suit. Jesus died that we can take off those old clothes and put on those new ones. It's about room, it's about Ephesians 6 talking about putting on the full armor of God. Spoiler alert, sorry Marty, I'm sure you were going to cover that, but I beat you to it. So putting on the full armor of God, that's what wisdom looks like. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 says this, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Young people, can I encourage you in this place? Wisdom isn't just something for people with grey hair or wrinkles. Like this, that's not, that's not how that works. Wisdom starts at a young age. It's when we're learning and we're mimicking the right things. You can be someone who's wise in your school, primary school, high school. Maybe it's your college, it's your university, your TAFE, whatever that looks like. You are called to be wise as well. And this here is a challenge. Set the example. Prove the oldies wrong. Can I encourage you, and parents, please forgive me, but there are going to be times that you're right. Yeah, parent, yeah, see how quiet it went? You should definitely listen to your parents, but there are going to be times where you know deep down inside you're right. You need to back yourself especially at school when people are telling you to go one way or be somehow or, or act a certain way and you go, no, I know on the inside that that's not right. Yeah. I know that God has called me to greater. I know that I am better. Yeah. This brings me to my second point. Number two, it says, submit, sacrifice, and sanctify. Uh, so verse 22 says this, wives, submit to your own husbands. Everybody say own. Own. <laughs> submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself in saviour. Can I encourage you? This isn't a scripture that we whip out whenever we go, no, you should submit to me. No, wives, can I just encourage you? You're called to be led, not to be dominated. Nobody on earth has the authority to dominate anybody. That is God's job and God's job alone. This is a beautiful picture of submission, exactly the way Christ has called the church to submit to God. All right, husbands, this is the tricky part. You ready? Strap yourself in. <laughs> Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, this is a beautiful picture of us being, and it's not just, it's not just getting flowers for your wife on your anniversary or chocolates or, or whatever that looks like. You should definitely do that, by the way. But this isn't just that picture. This is a picture of that agape love that John 3.16 talks about. This is that picture of laying down your life every day for the woman that God has called you to do the rest of your life with. 
Men, can I just encourage you? Women will have no problem submitting to your vision if you can demonstrate you're willing to lay down your life for them. The women should be saying amen to that. <laughs> A couple of ladies going, hey, baby, you should write that down in your notes. <laughs> and can we be honest? This is hard. It's hard to die to yourself every day. Uh, I don't know about you. I've never died before. I don't want to ever die. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But how, so how do we do this? So verse 26 says this, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. The word also in, uh, in chapter 6 talks about being uh, a sword, a weapon. So you're equipping your wives so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or a wrinkle, amen, or any, <laughs> any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Happy wife, happy life is basically what that says. <laughs> when this passage talks about Love, it's that agape love. John 3.16, and we should all know this one, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that who shall ever believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. We need to wash them in the word. We need to be praying with them daily. We need to be lifting them up so that when they have doubt, when they have things come against them, they go, no, do you know what? I know who I'm called to be. I know who I am. I know that I'm not a failed mother because I know that God has called me to this. I know that I'm not just some second-rate person of society because I know that I have a husband and I have a God who truly loves me. How do I know this? Because they wash me in God's Word every day. Pray with them. Let them know that they are the head and not the tail, that they are above and not beneath. My final point is this. What is your song? So I'm going to read verse 18 and then at least I'll get you to play those things. But it says this. It says, and do not get drunk with wine. Now, uh, this is not wine, just disclaimer. Um, it was delicious. Um, <laughs> Do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe your song, Josh, I'll just get you to pause for two seconds. Maybe your song sounds a little bit like... This. <laughs> or maybe your song sounds a little bit like this. Maybe your song sounds a little bit like this. Beautiful. Thanks, Elise. Okay, Josh, you can make me sound holy now.
why is it talking about not getting drunk on wine? Pick your spirit. What, maybe it's not a beautiful 2016 Malbec. Maybe for you, maybe for you, it, let's be real. Maybe for you, it's vodka. Maybe it's maybe it's work. Maybe it's escaping from the the like from the difficulties of life. What is it that you're getting drunk on? Because let's be real. When you consume what's in this bottle here, something changes, not just on the inside, but on the outside. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way we interact with people like, Josh, I love you, bro. Have I ever told you how much I love you? Oh, my goodness. It changes the way we act. The same thing happens when we get filled with the Spirit of God. It should change the way we walk. It should change the way we talk. It should change the way we speak. It should change the way we love. It should change the way we think. We're not singing singing drunk karaoke songs, but we're singing the songs of our heart. What is your heart singing today? Is it... I've been trying to raise these kids by myself and I don't know where our next meal is coming from. And so for me, my heart song is a sad one. Maybe for you, it's, maybe for young people, it's I don't want to go back to school next week. I face nothing but criticism. I face nothing but rejection. I don't get trigonometry. Like maybe that's your, maybe that's your song. And maybe like I said before, it's, Chris, you don't understand. My heart is, I'm addicted. Maybe it's substances. Maybe it's escaping from reality. Maybe it's just that five minutes I get of peace from the rest of my family because I don't know how to face them with what's going on on the inside. What's your song today? Can I encourage you? We need to change that song. How do we change that song? There's a few things that we can do. Get into a connect group. Surround yourself with community. We have some incredible connect groups here at Elevation Church. If you're not a part of one, can I encourage you? Get a part of it because what you surround yourself with and what you feel will spill. I've used this metaphor before, but I think it's such a good one. It's kind of like toothpaste. When you get a brand new tube of toothpaste, what comes out at the beginning? Toothpaste. When you get down to the middle or even if you get down to the end and you've got one person in your house that squeezes it in the middle and you've got to squeeze it all to the top again. I'm not naming any names, but we only have two people in our house. <laughs> but even when you get to the last bit of it, what comes out at the end? It's toothpaste. Is because when we're filled with something, it doesn't matter whether we're feeling the squeeze of life or whether we're overflowing, we need to be filled with toothpaste. No, the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with love, the fruits of the Spirit. The next practical thing we can do is getting into God's Word. Now, I get that we don't all have a ton of time to jump and read a book. I'd love to be able to read more. Um, I also am very slow, so I listen to audiobooks. Um, but can I encourage you, Version Bible app has some incredible things that you can listen to and get into. And lo and behold, 
If you're anything like me, it only takes you 15 minutes to listen to it. That's brilliant. Finally, can I encourage you, maybe you only have 15 minutes, can I encourage you five minutes of praying, five minutes in God's Word, and five minutes just listening and waiting to download what God wants to pour out into you every day will start to change what's happening on the inside and you'll see it alter what happens on the outside. every head bow and every eye closed for some of you today the reality is your song is a sad song it is that song of desperation it's that song where you've lost hope but that transformation comes and only comes when we accept Christ He is the perfecter of our hearts. He is where change starts. And just like we talked about earlier, husbands laying down your lives for your wives, that is a beautiful picture of what Christ did for the church. He was fully God and fully man, but He came down. He was sold out by some of His closest friends. He was whipped, beaten and bruised beyond recognition. And then in the midst of all of that, He was whipped one whip away from death, then forced to carry this cross. It wasn't a beautiful, like polished Jarrah cross or anything like that. This was a rugged, prickly, uncomfortable cross. That sacrifice that He made where he then hung on that cross and to take a breath had to lift himself up to open up his chest so that with his last breaths, he could say, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it is finished. Today, let your song be a song that rejoices in the fact that it is finished. that what happened yesterday or the day before that, it doesn't matter because God has it covered. That what's going to happen in the future, it's covered. That your song can be a song of hope. But it starts with allowing Jesus to come in and do something new. So right now we're just going to give you an opportunity. Maybe this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in a church. Maybe this is the first time in a long time and you're saying, God, there's been this song on repeat and I know that it needs to change.